0: 2nd Book of Nephi, Chapter 1. An account of the death of Lehi, Nephi's brethren rebelleth against him, the Lord warns Nephi to depart into the wilderness, his journeyings in the wilderness, etc. And now it came to pass, after I, Nephi, had made an end of teaching my brethren, our father Lehi also spake many things unto them, how great things the Lord had done for them in bringing them out of the land of Jerusalem. And he spake unto them concerning their rebellions upon the waters, and the mercies of God in sparing their lives, and they were not swallowed up in the sea. And he spake unto them concerning the land of promise which they had obtained, how merciful the Lord had been in warning us that we should flee out of the land of Jerusalem. For behold, saith he, I have seen a vision in the which I know that Jerusalem is destroyed. And had we remained in Jerusalem, we should also have perished. But said he... Notwithstanding our afflictions, we have obtained a land of promise, a land which is choice above all other lands. A land which the Lord God hath covenanted with me should be a land for the inheritance of my seed. Yea, the Lord hath covenanted this land unto me and to my children for ever. And also all they which should be led out of other countries by the hand of the Lord. Wherefore I, Lehi, prophesy according to the workings of the Spirit which is in me, that there shall be none come into this land, save they should be brought by the hand of the Lord. Wherefore this land is consecrated unto him whom he shall bring. And if it so be that they shall serve him according to the commandments which he hath given, it shall be a land of liberty unto them. Wherefore they shall never be brought down into captivity, if so it shall be because of iniquity. For if iniquity shall abound, cursed shall be the land for their sakes, but unto the righteous it shall be blessed for ever. And behold, it is wisdom that this land should be kept as yet from the knowledge of other nations. For behold, many nations would overrun the land that there would be no place for an inheritance. Wherefore I, Lehi, have obtained a promise, that inasmuch as they which the Lord God shall bring out of the land of Jerusalem shall keep his commandments, they shall prosper upon the face of this land and they shall be kept from all other nations that they may possess this land unto themselves. And if it so be that they shall keep his commandments, they shall be blessed upon the face of this land. And there shall be none to molest them, nor take away the land of their inheritance, and they shall dwell safely forever. But behold, when the time cometh that they shall dwindle in unbelief, After that they have received so great blessings from the hand of the Lord, having a knowledge of the creation of the earth and all men, knowing the great and marvelous works of the Lord from the creation of the world, having power given them to do all things by faith, having all the commandments from the beginning, and having been brought by His infinite goodness into this precious land of promise, Behold, I say, if the day shall come that they will reject the Holy One of Israel, the true Messiah, their Redeemer, and their God, behold, the judgments of him that is just shall rest upon them. Yea, he will bring other nations unto them, and he will give unto them power, and he will take away from them the lands of their possessions, and he will cause them to be scattered and smitten. Yea, as one generation passeth to another... There shall be bloodsheds, and great visitations among them. Wherefore, my sons, I would that ye would remember, yea, I would that ye would hearken unto my words. O that ye would awake, awake from a deep sleep, yea, even from the sleep of hell, and shake off the awful chains by which ye are bound, which are the chains which bind the children of men, that they are carried away captive down to the eternal gulf of misery and woe. Awake, and arise from the dust, and hear the words of a trembling parent, whose limbs ye must soon lay down in the cold and silent grave, from whence no traveler can return. A few more days, and I go the way of all the earth. But behold, the Lord hath redeemed my soul from hell. I have beheld his glory, and I am encircled about eternally in the arms of his love. And I desire that ye should remember to observe the statutes and the judgments of the Lord. Behold, this hath been the anxiety of my soul from the beginning. My heart hath been weighed down with sorrow from time to time. For I have feared lest for the hardness of your hearts the Lord your God should come out in the fullness of His wrath upon you, that ye be cut off and destroyed forever or that a cursing should come upon you for the space of many generations, and ye are visited by the sword and by famine, and are hated and are led according to the will and captivity of the devil. O my sons, that these things might not come upon you, but that ye might be a choice and a favoured people of the Lord. But behold, his will be done, for his ways are righteousness for ever. And he hath said that inasmuch as ye shall keep my commandments, ye shall prosper in the land." But inasmuch as ye will not keep my commandments, ye shall be cut off from my presence. And now that my soul might have joy in you, and that my heart might leave this world with gladness because of you, that I might not be brought down with grief and sorrow to the grave, arise from the dust, my sons, and be men, and be determined in one mind and in one heart, united in all things, that ye may not come down into captivity, that ye may not be cursed with a sore cursing and also that ye might not incur the displeasure of a just God upon you, unto the destruction, yea, the eternal destruction of both soul and body. Awake, my sons, put on the armor of righteousness, shake off the chains with which ye are bound, and come forth out of obscurity, and arise from the dust. Rebel no more against your brother, whose views have been glorious, and who hath kept the commandments from the time that we left Jerusalem, and who hath been an instrument in the hands of God in bringing us forth into the land of promise, for were it not for him we must have perished with hunger in the wilderness. Nevertheless ye sought to take away his life. Yea, and he hath suffered much sorrow because of you. And I exceedingly fear and tremble because of you, lest he shall suffer again. For behold, ye have accused him that he sought power and authority over you. But I know that he hath not sought for power, nor authority over you, but he hath sought the glory of God and your own eternal welfare. And ye have murmured, because he hath been plain unto you. Ye say that he hath used sharpness, ye say that he hath been angry with you. But behold, his sharpness was the sharpness of the power of the word of God which was in him, and that which ye call anger was the truth according to that which is in God, which he could not restrain, manifesting boldly concerning your iniquities. And it must needs be that the power of God must be with him, even unto his commanding you, that ye must obey. But behold, it was not him, but it was the Spirit of the Lord which was in him, which opened his mouth to utterance that he could not shut it. And now my son Laman, and also Lemuel and Sam, and also my sons which are the sons of Ishmael. Behold, if ye will hearken unto the voice of Nephi, ye shall not perish. And if ye will hearken unto him, I leave unto you a blessing, yea, even my first blessing. But if ye will not hearken unto him, I take away my first blessing, yea, even my blessing, and it shall rest upon him. And now, Zoram, I speak unto you. Behold, thou art the servant of Laban. Nevertheless, thou hast been brought out of the land of Jerusalem, and I know that thou art a true friend unto my son Nephi forever. Wherefore, because thou hast been faithful, thy seed shall be blessed with his seed, that they dwell in prosperity long upon the face of this land, and nothing save it shall be iniquity among them shall harm or disturb their prosperity upon the face of this land for forever. Wherefore, if ye shall keep the commandments of the Lord, The Lord hath consecrated this land for the security of thy seed with the seed of my son. And now, Jacob, I speak unto you. Thou art my firstborn in the days of my tribulation in the wilderness, and behold, in thy childhood thou hast suffered afflictions and much sorrow because of the rudeness of thy brethren. Nevertheless, Jacob, my firstborn in the wilderness, thou knowest the greatness of God, and he shall consecrate thine afflictions for thy gain. Wherefore thy soul shall be blessed, and thou shalt dwell safely with thy brother Nephi, and thy days shall be spent in the service of thy God. Wherefore I know that thou art redeemed, because of the righteousness of thy Redeemer, for thou hast beheld that in the fullness of time he cometh to bring salvation unto men. And thou hast beheld in thy youth his glory, wherefore thou art blessed, even as they unto whom he shall minister in the flesh. For the Spirit is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and the way is prepared from the fall of man, and salvation is free. And men are instructed sufficiently, that they know good from evil, and the law is given unto men, and by the law no flesh is justified, or by the law men are cut off. Yea, by the temporal law they were cut off. And also by the spiritual law they perish from that which is good, and become miserable for ever. Wherefore redemption cometh in and through the holy Messiah, for he is full of grace and truth. Behold, he offereth himself a sacrifice for sin, to answer the ends of the law, unto all those which have a broken heart and a contrite spirit, and unto none else can the ends of the law be answered. Wherefore, how great the importance to make these things known unto the inhabitants of the earth, that they may know that there is no flesh that can dwell in the presence of God, save it be through the merits and mercy and grace of the holy Messiah, which layeth down his life according to the flesh, and taketh it again by the power of the Spirit, that he may bring to pass the resurrection of the dead, being the first that should rise. Wherefore, he is the firstfruits unto God inasmuch as he shall make intercession for all the children of men, and they that believe in him shall be saved, and because of the intercession for all, all men come unto God. Wherefore they stand in the presence of him, to be judged of him, according to the truth and holiness which is in him. Wherefore the ends of the law which the Holy One hath given unto the inflicting of the punishment which is affixed which punishment that is affixed is in opposition to that of the happiness which is affixed to answer the ends of the atonement. For it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. If not so, my firstborn in the wilderness, righteousness could not be brought to pass, neither wickedness, neither holiness nor misery, neither good nor bad. Wherefore, all things must needs be a compound in one. Wherefore, if it should be one body, it must needs remain as dead having no life, neither death nor corruption nor incorruption, happiness nor misery, neither sense nor insensibility. Wherefore, it must needs have been created for a thing of naught. Wherefore, there would have been no purpose in the end of its creation. Wherefore, this thing must needs destroy the wisdom of God and His eternal purposes, and also the power and the mercy and the justice of God. If ye shall say there is no law, ye shall also say there is no sin. And if ye shall say there is no sin, ye shall also say there is no righteousness. And if there be no righteousness, there be no happiness. And if there be no righteousness nor happiness, there be no punishment nor misery. And if these things are not, there is no God. And if there is no God, we are not, neither the earth. For there could have been no creation of things, neither to act nor to be acted upon. Wherefore, all things must have vanished away. And now, my sons, I speak unto you these things for your profit and learning. For there is a God, and he hath created all things, both the heavens and the earth, and all things that in them is, both things to act and things to be acted upon, and to bring about his eternal purposes in the end of man, after that he had created our first parents, and the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air, and in fine all things which are created it must needs be that there was an opposition, even the forbidden fruit in opposition to the tree of life, the one being sweet and the other bitter. Wherefore the Lord God gave unto man that he should act for himself. Wherefore man could not act for himself, save it should be that he was enticed by the one or the other. And I, Lehi, According to the things which I have read, must needs suppose that an angel of God, according to that which is written, had fallen from heaven. Wherefore he became a devil, having sought that which was evil before God. And because that he had fallen from heaven, and had become miserable for ever, he sought also the misery of all mankind. Wherefore he saith unto Eve, Yea, even that old serpent which is the devil, which is the father of all lies. Wherefore he saith, Partake of the forbidden fruit, and ye shall not die, but ye shall be as God, knowing good and evil. And after that Adam and Eve had partaken of the forbidden fruit, they were driven out from the garden of Eden to till the earth. And they have brought forth children, yea, even the family of all the earth. And the days of the children of men were prolonged, according to the will of God, that they might repent while in the flesh. Wherefore their state became a state of probation and their time was lengthened, according to the commandments which the Lord God gave unto the children of men. For he gave commandment, that all men must repent. For he shewed unto all men that they were lost because of the transgression of their parents. And now behold, if Adam had not transgressed, he would not have fallen, but he would have remained in the garden of Eden. And all things which were created must have remained in the same state which they were after that they were created and they must have remained for ever, and had no end. And they would have had no children, wherefore they would have remained in a state of innocence, having no joy, for they knew no misery, doing no good, for they knew no sin. But behold, all things have been done in the wisdom of him who knoweth all things. Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy. And the Messiah cometh in the fullness of time, that he might redeem the children of men from the fall. And because that they are redeemed from the fall, they have become free forever, knowing good from evil, to act for themselves and not to be acted upon, save it be by the punishment of the Lord at that great and last day, according to the commandments which God hath given. Wherefore men are free according to the flesh, and all things are given them which are expedient unto man. And they are free to choose liberty and eternal life through the great mediator of all men, or to choose captivity and death according to the captivity and power of the devil, for he seeketh that all men might be miserable like unto himself. And now, my sons, I would that ye should look to that great mediator and hearken unto his great commandments, and be faithful unto his words and choose eternal life according to the will of his Holy Spirit and not choose eternal death according to the will of the flesh and the evil which is therein, which giveth the spirit of the devil power to captivate, to bring you down to hell, that he may reign over you in his own kingdom. I have spoken these few words unto you all, my sons, in the last days of my probation, and I have chosen the good part according to the words of the prophet and i have none other object save it be the everlasting welfare of your souls amen
1: pressure all around me saying go away give in save your soul for another day struggling between the But then I hear you softly calling out my name.
0: second book of nephi chapter 1 to start out this chapter i'd like to say that in the previous episode chapter first book of nephi chapter 6 and 7 i made the statement that joseph smith wrote the book of mormon that wasn't my stance uh, the belief that joseph smith wrote the book of mormon is untrue and i and i stated that in that way of when he wrote the book of mormon that he could not have known about chiasms and he could not have known about America becoming a world power. And so in stating it that way, what I mean is that it is impossible for Joseph Smith to have written the Book of Mormon. It is only that he translated it. And these things that are Hebraic uh, uh, writings that there's no way he could have known and these prophecies to come out so perfectly... It is just impossible that he wrote the Book of Mormon and they are proofs that he did not write it and that he translated the Book of Mormon. So for what it's worth, we will continue with verse 4 and 5 are my first notes in chapter 1 of 2nd Book of Nephi. And I want to refer to page 54. On page 54 of the Book of Mormon, this is 1st Book of Nephi, chapter 5. Verses 80, 81, and 82. Yea, and the Lord said also that after ye have arrived to the promised land, ye shall know that I, the Lord, am God, and that I, the Lord, did deliver you from destruction. Yea, that I did bring you out of the land of Jerusalem. This statement that is uh, referring to the point in time now fits, or, or that's where I'm referring back to it, is because... Now, Lehi has just had a vision of Jerusalem being destroyed, and now that fulfills that statement in fifth chapter. And I want to read another reference, Ezekiel chapter 24, verses 1 and 2. Again, in the ninth year, in the tenth month, in the tenth day of the month, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, write thee the name of the day, even this same day the king of Babylon set himself against Jerusalem this same day. And in Ezekiel, I have uh, written there page 77. So it references this point. And so we have two different prophets being told about the death or or the, the, the destruction of Jerusalem. And both were shown in some way that this is happening. And so there's a precedent in the Bible that a prophet was shown Jerusalem was going to be destroyed or or is being destroyed on this day and Lehi also has a vision so they coincide with this same event the next verse I have is verse 6 where it says a land of promise a land which is choice above all other lands truly the Americas fit this description the best example would be all the gold that Spain brought from America there's plenty of resources it is a choice land it is Uh, fertile country it is north america and south america so this description of a land of promise it fits and it fits perfectly for america Uh, not necessarily i say america but the americas north and south america the next section of verses i have is verses 8 through 14 and i have particularly verse 10 marked so they're all highlighted verse 10 is highlighted and underlined Yea, the Lord hath covenanted this land unto me, and to my children for ever, and also all those who should be led out of other countries by the hand of the Lord. Wherefore I, Lehi, prophesy, according to the workings of the Spirit which is in me, that there shall none come into this land, save they shall be brought by the hand of the Lord, wherefore this land is consecrated unto him whom he shall bring. And if it so be that they shall serve him according to the commandments which he hath given, it shall be a land of liberty unto them wherefore they shall never be brought down into captivity if so it shall be because of iniquity for if iniquity shall abound cursed shall be the land for their sakes we have america and as long as we follow the commandments of god it will be a land of liberty this country fits the bill for that promise perfectly uh that people were brought here by the hand of the lord is is you know history shows that there's many miraculous stories and and it just this this section goes perfectly with american history and i like the part that it is consecrated unto him whom he shall bring it's so it's not necessarily lehi's it's covenanted to lehi and his children forever without a doubt but there's also a caveat that it's also for those whom the lord had brought so the gentiles do have some stake some claim for an inheritance of some kind in America. And I like that it says, it shall be a land of liberty, a land of liberty unto them. And so that kind of just, it fits with America. And it will be it will be a land of liberty. It'll be a blessing to us so long as we serve God. If iniquity shall abound, curse shall be the land for their sake. So there is the other side of this. And there is this curse. It's brought up for this sake, for the humbling of the the righteous, once they uh, become uh, caught up in their sins and in their iniquity, it, it flip flops, doesn't it? It brings us humility, and the the land is cursed for their sakes. It's cursed to bring them to bring them back into humility, and this is the ebb and flow we're gonna see in the for the Nephites. And everybody, there's going to be peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys throughout the Book of Mormon. And it's going to fit for our, and it applies to us today. Verses 18, 19, and 20 are also highlighted, and they're the same color, they fit with the same, same uh, topic. Wherefore, I, Lehi, have obtained a promise, that inasmuch as those whom the Lord God shall bring out of the land of Jerusalem shall keep his commandments, they shall prosper upon the face of this land and they shall be kept from all other nations, that they may possess this land unto themselves. And if it so be that they shall keep his commandments, they shall be blessed upon the face of this land. So it's reiterating that promise. You keep his commandments, you'll be blessed. It's pointing out specifically those from Jerusalem, while the other statement uh, section of highlighted verses is uh, referring to anybody who the Lord brings. It could be that he it says just applies to... Anybody who the Lord brings out of Jerusalem, like it says here in 18, 19, and 20, I think it includes the pilgrims in America too, but without a doubt, it's going to, it's referencing this other group, and we're going to see, and we're going to hear about them coming from Jerusalem as well. Another section, another uh, uh, cross-section of descendants of from Jerusalem are going to come, but we'll read about that later. On the next page, page 79 verse 22 I have an underlined it's not the whole sentiment or verse but there's just a thought that goes with this but behold when the time cometh that they shall dwindle in unbelief and the they who they're talking about are descendants of lehi so so I don't want this to become mixed up with with uh who we're talking about but we'll move, we'll read the rest of this statement the uh, verse After they have received so great blessings from the hand of the Lord, having a knowledge of the uh, creation of the earth and all men, knowing the great and marvelous works of the Lord from the creation of the world, having power given them to do all things by faith, having all the commandments from the beginning, and having been brought by his infinite goodness into this precious land of promise. And then I like this verse 23 and 24. Behold, I say, if the day shall come that they will reject the Holy One of Israel, the true Messiah, their Redeemer, and their God. Behold, the judgments of him that is just shall rest upon them. Yea, he will bring other nations unto them, and he will give unto them power, and he will take away from them the lands of their possessions, and he will cause them to be scattered and smitten. So, remember the line I underlined at the top in verse 22. We're talking about the descendants of Lehi. And this is played out in history. We know this happened. And this was what the warning that they were given. Do not reject the Messiah, the Redeemer, because other nations will come unto them and will scatter them. And so we know through history that this, this played out just like it uh, was prophesied. Or like it, like the warning says, and and it came to pass. The next verse is verse 29. And I like this. It's a different color. And I like it unto itself. It's one of those uh, just bumper sticker thoughts or or verses. Just maybe not bumper sticker because it's a little long, but but I like this verse. But behold, the Lord hath redeemed my soul from hell. I have beheld his glory and I am encircled about eternally in the arms of his love. It's just a good thought, a good warm, fuzzy feeling. (laughs) So I highlight that one. And it's one of those good verses just to remember, reflect upon. Turn the page. Verse on page 80, verses 36, 37, 38, and 39. Arise from the dust, my sons, and be men, and be determined in one mind and in one heart, united in all things, that ye may not come down into captivity, that ye may not be cursed with the sore cursing, and also that ye may not incur the displeasure of a just God upon you unto the destruction, yea, the eternal destruction of both soul and body, Awake my sons put on the armor of righteousness shake off the chains with which ye are bound and come forth out of obscurity and arise from the dust Now what this means to me and the reference I have here is going back all the way to Genesis chapter 3 verse 14 and you can read it yourself I'm just going to reference it but that in Genesis 3:14 he's talking about the cursing of the snake and he is caused to uh crawl on his belly in the dust he's 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 uh making this comparison of that cursing and that snake that's always going to be in the dust and he's telling his sons to stop doing that because you're acting like snakes arise from the dust my sons and be men and so with that thought in the back of your head this is what goes along with this these set this set of verses so when he's talking about a sore cursing and Bringing uh, uh, that you incur the displeasure of a just God upon you, so think of those. That thought, okay. The, the, stop acting and behaving like snakes, and be men. Arise from the dust. It, uh, and verse thirty-six it says, "Arise from the dust." And at the end of verse thirty-nine, "Arise from the dust." And and it, at the end of thirty-six, is talk about a sore cursing and incurring the wrath of a displeasure of a just God. So that curse that happens to the snake that has caused to be in the dust all of its days. He's calling his sons to not be snakes and to, I mean, it's kind of a uh insult, but it's what they need. It's what they had to hear. And it's, it's, as it turns out, it's what they are anyways. Don't mean to give away the story of the book of Mormon, but Laman and Lemuel were bad guys. Moving on. Um, verse 53 on the next page page 81 verses 53 and 54 and if you will hearken unto him i leave unto you a blessing yea even my first blessing but if you will not hearken unto him i take away my first blessing yea even my blessing and it shall rest upon him now what this is talking about is the tradition of the the blessing the biggest blessing the greatest blessing the first blessing always goes to the oldest son and in this case it goes to Nephi, and he's telling Laman and Lemuel, "If you obey and listen to Nephi, you can have that first blessing. But if you don't, I'm not. I'm taking it away from you, and it's going to Nephi. So, this first blessing is kind of confusing unless you understand that the first blessing is the good one. It's the the one that goes to the first son, and he is taking away that privilege from Laman. And he's giving it to Nephi and he's offering this first blessing to Laman and Lemuel. So it it makes perfect sense to them, to us. It's not so clear unless you understand that, that idea of this first blessing. On the next page, page 82, verses 65, uh, 60, well, it goes 65 all the way to 79. I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to put my notes where you can add them and what verse they apply to my first note was it will go with verse 65 for the spirit is the same yesterday today and forever so if you turn to page 151 and i'm going to do that this idea of the same yesterday today and forever it comes up all the time in scripture but i and it's also on page 151 uh and it talks about the same topic and so i like how it's referenced here on page 151, verse 145. For behold, I am God, and I am a God of miracles, and I will show unto the world that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I work not among the children of men, save it be according to their faith. And that section there fits. And so I just have this cross reference there. And on 151, you're going to get some of the same topics. Moving on, to, uh, like I said, 65 through 79 are all highlighted or all underlined. But verse 67 is the next that are highlighted. And men are instructed sufficiently that they know good from evil. That's a good point. That everybody, according to the Book of Mormon here, everybody knows good and evil. And there's other precedents set that that show this. That there is a moral compass in all of us. And it's the moral argument that God exists. So, So this is a good verse if you're into the apologetics that Joel has taught there's a lesson there. This is one of the verses that that supports that idea. Everyone is given to know good and evil, right from wrong, to some sufficiently that they know good from evil. All right, so the next verses I have are verses 68 and 69, and I'm going to read them first, and then I'm going to read Hebrews chapter 7, verses 16 through 19. So first on page 82, verses 68 and 69, And the law is given unto men, and by the law no flesh is justified, or by the law men are cut off. Yea, by the temporal law they were cut off, and also by the spiritual law they perish from that which is good, and become miserable forever. I included 70, I didn't mean to do that. So if we go to um, chapter 7, and verses 16 through 19, we have an understanding of this law who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life for he, te- so I should go back up. Uh, verse 14, for it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood for it is yet far more evident for that after the similar similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest. <sighs> Who is So that part isn't important. Who is whos is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifieth, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. So that's confusing. I That Topic is a confusing topic, but this section talking about the law and the flesh being justified or is not justified, it's it fits here with what's going on in Hebrews. What he's trying to explain to the Jewish, uh, I guess in the Book of Mormon, but we will say Hebrew culture is Israel culture. Uh, oh boy, that this law that they're looking to, that they're under in the Mosaic law, they understand that it is not justified, but there's something else and it's a temporal law and they're cut off spiritually in verse 70 shows that they, they understand this. They're going to perish from that, which is good and become miserable forever. So there's got to be something else. There's got to be a Messiah that comes and it all fits in, in this reading up to verse 79. And in Hebrews, it explains it very well. The next verse I want to read is verse 74, who layeth down his life according to the flesh, and taketh it again by the power of the Spirit. And the reference that goes with that is John 10, 17 and 18. So John 10, 17 and 18. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. So I like that verse, uh, coupled with verse seventy-four: Who layeth down his life according to the flesh, and taketh it again by the power of the Spirit. It's a it's a good uh, uh, illustration of what Christ did, and He fulfills this this idea that this sacrifice of this Messiah who comes to fulfill the law. Interesting note is John. 10:16 you're going to if we get all the way to third book of nephi there's another note there that goes with that about other sheep but the ones just after the other sheep 17 and 18 it shows Christ speaking saying that he took it upon himself to lay down his own life the next verse that i have highlighted in this uh, group of re- this group of scriptures is verse 77 and they that believe in him shall be saved again a bumper sticker verse gives you hope. And this whole reading ends at 79. This reading should be taken together all at once and it, it explains the Messiah and how he comes and fulfills the law and a great understanding Lehi had. And it starts with, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so you start with that verse and you go all the way to verse 79. The next verse to highlight is verse 81, for it must needs be that there is an opposition in all things. This is a whole new topic a different color of highlighter. And the verse that goes with that is on page 764. If you turn to page 764, make a note of this verse. We're going to read verses 10 and 11. Wherefore, all things which are good cometh of God, and that which is evil cometh of the devil. For the devil is an enemy unto God, and fighteth against him continually, and and inviteth and enticeth to to sin, and to do that which is evil continually. But behold, that which is of God, inviteth and enticeth to do good continually. Wherefore, everything which inviteth and enticeth to do good, and to love God, and to serve him, is inspired of God. So I like that there that verse and explaining why there is an opposition in all things. It fits here and describes it pretty clearly what those oppositions are, what the the opposite side, if you're going to entice you to do evil and there's something that's going to entice you to do good. And this reading continues about this opposition. It's a good, good section of verses there uh, that Lehi has. I don't have all of it highlighted, just that one verse. The next one I have highlighted is verse 99 on page 84. Wherefore, the Lord God gave unto man that he should act for himself. Wherefore, man could not act for himself, save it should be that he was enticed by the one or the other. So what do we just say? There's an opposition in all things. One entices you to do good and the other one entices you to, to do evil. And we just have in verse 100... Man could not act for himself, save it should be that he was enticed by one or the other. Let's go back to verse 81 that says, there must be, there's an opposition in all things. This is that opposition, that those three sets of verses there. Verses 99 and 100, the verses on page 764 and verse 81. The Lord God gave unto man that he should act for himself. And you have these two things that pull you in different directions that you have to make a choice. You have to decide what you're going to do. If you don't make a choice, wow, that's just, you're you're going to make a choice whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, you are making a choice. And so the, the idea that God gave unto man that he should act for himself, it proves God's love to us that he will give you a choice and it's up to us to choose good. If we don't choose good by doing nothing, apathy is a choice, and that is, you know, choosing evil. But we have the the opportunity to choose good, and God gives us this opportunity. And we are all going to be enticed by one or the other. There's a good study on that, and a good philosophical uh, debate—not debate, but but a, a way of looking at things philosophically of how just how much love God has that He gave us this situation that we are going to have to choose the next section will be verses 101 through oh goodness 104 i only have sections highlighted in verse 101 i start with according to that which is written had fallen from heaven that which that part that he's is written is isaiah chapter 14 verse 12 so if you highlight that little part there and now let's turn to isaiah how art thou fallen from heaven o lucifer son of the morning how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations so we know he had isaiah and we know i i assume this might be what he's talking about this reading but that one verse pinpoints it that he had fallen from heaven wherefore he became a devil having sought that which was evil before god and because he had fallen from heaven and had become miserable forever, he sought also the misery of all mankind. That's his role. That's the position he has taken after his fall. And so it's it's a good description of what Satan is. Someone who desires others uh, that we become miserable like he is there's other verses that point that out but this one he has fallen from heaven and had become miserable forever and sought also the misery of all mankind that's his goal and in verse 104 i just have an underlined point the partake of the forbidden fruit and ye shall not die but ye shall be as god knowing good and evil and i just have a note that it's the first sin uh first satan's lie in my bible it's the first sin i guess and these Uh, cross-reference each other I'm going to turn to page 254 254 in the Book of Mormon and we have verse uh, 74 through let's see 86 and it it's going to talk about that Garden of Eden experience uh, a story and and they they tie in so this this era or uh, not era but um section of reading on page 85 uh if you are doing that study about satan you would have and and his uh in the garden of eden that old serpent who is the devil that whole reading there you, you can tie it in to page 254 and it's the same uh story The next verse I have highlighted is 107 and 108. And the days of the children of men were prolonged according to the will of God that they might repent while in the flesh. Wherefore, their state became a state of probation, and their time was lengthened according to the commandments which the Lord God gave unto the children of men. So we have this time of probation declared, that this is your lifetime. And this is the first uh, point in the Book of Mormon where it explains that it's your time of probation. And it calls it that. And so that's why it's highlighted. Verse 113, And they would have had no children, wherefore they would have remained in a state of innocence, having no joy, for they knew no misery, doing no good, for they knew no sin. That's a different color, and it encapsulates quickly the whole, what if he they hadn't taken the fruit? You know, that's a, a worthless uh, discussion, in my opinion because, well, I'm not going to discuss it, I guess, but, but it was all God's plan. And so to say, what if, and, and to say, well, did we really have a choice? And, and it, it happened because God willed it. And this is, this is the effects of that sin, but it's also the means of us having the right And the uh, ability to choose. So it is all according to God's plan. And I don't really get too much into that discussion. Verse 115. Here's your your bumper sticker verse, which which should be highlighted. Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy. Now tie that verse. Here's your Bible reference to go with it. Is in Mark. No, 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 no. John 16. We're going to read 22 through 27. Now remember, this is Adam fell that men might be and men are that they might have joy. And ye now now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart shall rejoice and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name, ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh, when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loveth you, because he have loved me, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. So Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy. Is our opportunity to... Attain that, that position of, uh, of a place with God through the, the merits of Jesus Christ. And he's explaining to, to his, uh, apostles that there will be a time when your joy will be full and complete and you won't have to pray in my name anymore because God, the father will be there and he will love you because you have loved me. And, and so that is the, the, that men might have joy. That is the joy we're talking about. And so I can't stress enough that John 16, 22 through 27 goes with this verse, Adam fell that men might be and men are that they might have joy. The joy that we're talking about is eternal life with God, the father, the heavenly father. And then there will no longer be a need or it will no longer be necessary for Christ to be our mediator, or our intercession, or the the means of our uh, escaping sin, we will it will all be done by then, and we will be with God the Father. Verses one fifteen is highlighted and underlined, but the underlined section continues all the way through one twenty. Um, let's read. Well, let's read it. And the Messiah cometh in the fullness of time that he may redeem the children of men from the fall. And because that they are redeemed from the fall, they have become free forever, knowing good from evil to act for themselves and not to be acted upon. Save it be by the punishment of the Lord at the great and last day, according to the commandments, which God hath given. Wherefore, men are free according to the flesh and all things are given them, which are expedient unto man. And they are free to choose liberty and eternal life through the the great mediation of all men, or to choose captivity and death according to the captivity and power of the devil. So it's stated again. This whole chapter is is uh really about that choice we all have to make. In verse one twenty one, it's uh for he seeketh that all men might be miserable like unto himself. It's a different color. It's explaining the power of the devil and and his goal what he wants and we've covered that already in this uh, uh, chapter it's almost like this chapter is a chiasm I haven't looked into that but so we're going back onto those uh, topics the last part I have highlighted I happen to have a lot of sons and someday this is uh, Lehi knowing that he's going to die and so someday, I, I, can, I imagine this would be read uh, when it's appropriate. I have spoken these few words unto you all, my sons, in the last days of my probation. And I have chosen the good part according to the words of the prophet. And I have none other object save it be the everlasting welfare of your souls. Amen. And when
1: I listen, I can softly hear you say Come unto me.